0: It's Friday, May 22nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm happy to be joined by, uh, I guess, the the newest member of the uh, the Cleveland.com tribe uh, coverage staff, uh, Terry Pluto, uh, will be Will be joining us uh, on our podcasts and in our coverage of the Indians and, and really all the, uh, the major Cleveland sports here as he's come over to the Cleveland.com sports staff. Terry, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to have you you know, uh, in in a in a podcast and being able to see you here and, and being able to work with you finally for the first time in, you know, seven
1: plus years. Well, I'm not, I won't even get to try and explain how we were set up before, but it's nice for we all could work together and that, hey, Joe, at this stage, I've been in this market really since 1980. And to last that long and still have somebody want you and be able to keep working in this environment... And, you know, writing about the teams that I grew up with, it it is, you know, it sounds corny, it's a blessing, I'm grateful, but it's a blessing and I'm grateful. I've never Mm -hmm. taken that for granted. I'm still the kid of my dad who worked at the old Fisher Fazio's Warehouse and I worked there through school also. So uh, I was nobody's Grantland Rice winner at Cleveland State when I was there. They didn't even have a journalism program or anything else. I was trained to be a history teacher with a minor in English. So, by the way, six months teaching at Lincoln West. Mm-hmm. that'll tell you one how hard it is to teach secondly if you could write go for it well
0: hey could you imagine right now teaching at, at lincoln what, you having to do it or on anywhere computers? these
1: teachers anywhere. Any
0: teachers teaching remotely now has to be insane
1: yes and because you can say what you want how savvy the kids are technically and that There's nothing like when you're in front of a class or like when I go and do our, we used to do our weekly jail ministry, which we can't anymore because Mm -hmm. we're locked out of there. Seeing the faces, you could tell more like, are they tracking with you or not? As opposed to even the little boxes on a screen. So I, I've always had uh, a lot of respect for teaching. And then, you know, I know we're going to the Indies, but one thing, here's a tough thing about teaching, Joe, you know, like you and I will do this thing and we're done. Mm -hmm. You know, you teach one class And then here comes another one. And here comes another one. I remember I had five. And by about the fourth or fifth one, I can't remember whether I just told that story 10 minutes ago or I forgot to tell it entirely.
0: Well, I come from a a long line of teachers in my family, uh, my mother and my aunt and everybody in my family that I know is a Mm -hmm. teacher. My wife is a a Catholic school teacher. So, you know, it's... it's, You know the deal. I, I know. Believe me, I know. Uh, as as far as getting over to the Indians, uh, really yes. not a lot specifically Indians uh, related to talk about right now. We might be getting closer to that as we as we continue to to move forward. But really, a lot of the talk surrounding baseball is uh, the negotiations that are ongoing right now in order to get back to playing games and the negotiations between the the players' association and the the league. This sixty-seven page document of uh, protocols for health and safety that was exchanged last week. We just recently on, on Thursday night got the players sort of response to that. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just real briefly go over some of the things that the, the union is taking sort of a, a, a position against in that were included in the document. Um, you know, the, the idea that the players have to take showers at the ballpark, or I'm sorry, at their hotels or at home and then come to the ballpark and then leave and not shower at the park. Uh, oh boy, well, the, there's a hardship. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, the use of hydrotherapy though uh, it was included in that, and that's some a lot of a lot of players use that. Uh, the players want to see protections for high risk players like your Carlos Carrasco's, who is uh, immunocompromised no, that's, right that's now. That's legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, you know the the frequency of testing and what happens when there is a positive test and in-stadium medical personnel, and sanitation procedures. So all of that sort of plays into how, uh, you know, before they get to any sort of finances, that sort of has to be settled. Do you see those areas being any sort of a big stumbling point before they get down to talking dollars and cents? No.
1: No, I think they'll work it out. Um, And the other thing too is i think that players maybe such as carlos and i know there's a couple of guys that have some diabetes and uh blood pressure issues uh maybe they could be exempt in some way if they want to be you know that kind of stuff because of the medical conditions but the vast majority of these guys are in the lowest probably the lowest risk category other than children mm-hmm. and you know i have a lot of friends that work at walmart or anywhere else rather than the public uh, they're far more exposed. So, given all this stuff here, they're they're going to make that work out. You know what it's about, Joe? Right, right. And 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 that really
0: is sort of the, the the big stumbling point and the big the brick wall that has to be climbed or gone around or gone through, in order to get to this you know idea or this this goal of a July fourth possible weekend mm. opening day. That, you know, that's the, it. Seemed so pie in the sky two months ago, maybe. To, to think that we might be there. but right now the, the big brick wall that's between you know baseball and that is the negotiations over salary. The, the union says, hey, we had an agreement in place back at the end of March. You should honor mm-hmm. that agreement And the, the, the owners are now saying if there's no fans in the stands, we, we need to renegotiate how we're, how we're going to do money because that's, it's going to break them, uh, apparently.
1: Uh, I mean, the I mean, the players have more of a, certainly have a, oh, you know, they talk about legal standing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on more solid ground there. And what did annoy me, because I thought that the, uh, uh, the owners decide a backdoor and a salary cap thing. And I'd love to see baseball with a salary cap, but this is not the way you do it right. at the time. Whereas if they would have gone to them and said, well, okay, these prorated. you get a hundred, what, uh, let's let's just break it down. Suppose they play half a season, 81 games, mm-hmm. and you're making, um let's say, uh 10 or 10 million dollars. You know, you get five million for half a season. Mm-hmm. Let's suppose we cut like everybody's taking 10 or 20 percent cuts, right. just about in every business. Let's just say you cut it 10 percent or 15 percent for each player, or you know, even even a sliding scale depending on how much you're making. I think that is something, and it's just for this year that to me would seem to be a middle ground. Now players and owners of baseball finding a middle ground is like me finding hair somewhere. They will, <laughs> they, they don't even, they don't, they argue, they'd rather scalp each other in the process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I remember I covered, I was on the uh, baseball beat when they walked out in uh, 81, 81, you know, mm-hmm. we saw it in 94 and both times all this won't last long and that, um, uh, the '81 thing, I think it lasted several months. They did In, come back to play. August, August, I believe. Season. Yeah, but it was awful. Mm-hmm. And the '94 thing. Well, forget the World Series. We're just done. Yeah. And so I never underestimate how this could get ugly. And these guys are not afraid of uh, you know pulling the pin on a hand grenade and sitting on it. And that's what it would be for both sides.
0: Right. Does does the compressed window here? Does the because they need to have things going by some point in, in early June in order to to have the timetables all work out here for this because they don't want to be active, you know, past the end of uh, October into, in, into late I, November I when, so. when there might be another surge of this. So
1: well, it, you I remember know, in, in when they walked out in 94, uh, I want to say it was the end of May or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, all right, you know, they got to have this thing. Like, in fact, we're on the 4th of July. We got to get this baby going, have a couple weeks of spring training, finish the season. We saw what happened. Nothing. Nothing. And there was a big push around six weeks in to try and get a deal done, and they didn't do it. Um, And I'm not just saying it was all on the players, but, you know, the players – uh, felt they. I remember I interviewed uh, Marvin Miller back then. I think he was not doing a negotiation, but he was the you know the, the retired labor leader, and his stance was kind of like what the union says now: our deal is a deal, and that's a deal. And so um, we'll have to see. I mean, there's a lot of different opinions on it. Uh, I do think though, if they don't play, the economic damage, frankly, to both sides, it's suicide. It's, it's a suicide march because if you're hitting into free agency or whatever, there's going to be very few teams bidding on you. If they think there was quote unquote collusion and and all that stuff for guys not getting as much money as they've done in free agency before, Mm -hmm. um, but none of these guys are going to be holding the sign, we'll play baseball for food. No. But some of them are going to be really hurting. Or, or You know what? They're going to be playing the Korean Baseball Association. Right. Especially – and we saw, like, just as
0: a, an example that pops into my mind is, is Jason mm-hmm. Kipnis. Jason right. Kipnis is a serviceable major leaguer. And he was fighting to find – you know, he, he's on a, on a minor league invite to, to yep. Chicago this year. I, if this had happened four or five years ago – and, and his contract had been up he would have he would have been in demand, not necessarily been in demand, but been able to easily find a you know one two million dollar contract with a major league club somewhere mm-hmm. by far uh and then you've got former players coming out uh as you saw Tom Glavin uh come out and take up a position uh where he was interviewed and asked about what the union should do and Tom Glavin said you know it doesn't matter what the players do in this in this negotiation, they're going to come out looking like the bad guys. So they might as well just fight for everything they can get. (laughs) And and that's, that's Tom Glavin, just taking that sort of labor position. And on the other side of it, you've got Mark Teixeira and Alex Rodriguez both coming out and pretty much taking up for the owners almost. And and Mm. these are guys who made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, mostly with the Yankees, uh, and, and taking up the position of, well, the union should just, do whatever it takes to get back to playing, even if it means making a sacrifice here.
1: And that's why I, I, you know, my suggestion being let's not change the whole economic structure of the game. Right. Let's look at what has been agreed to and try to deal on that parameter because the players were willing to do this prorated thing. They agreed to that. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's see if we could move the percentage point. In other words, move the numbers there because you know, I'm always leery almost in any situation where they say we'll take half of the revenues, you know, and split them when there's five or six different places, even in any corporate situation, you may hear that, but there's so many places revenues come in. How do you count it? All that kind of stuff. So, um, that would be, let's put it this way. If I'm a ball player and they tell me, like, you got to take a 10 or 15% haircut, you know, to come (laughs) back and play. Uh, and we've got the medical stuff straightened out. Uh, rational thing should prevail and baseball and the, the thing saying, look, let's just not torpedo the game here. Cause if we don't get what I call a really good baseball TV show going, mm-hmm. where we can get people engaged. I mean, it's wide open for us right now. Cause I'll tell you this much, Joe, if they don't, the NFL will start, if they have to play flag football in the parking lot to get they fans will. engaged, mm-hmm. they will, they'll find something to keep well, their, their fans going.
0: Well, and and to the idea of you know not wanting to change the the salary structure or the, the pay structure of the game, the the economics of, of everything. Yeah. And it, you, the the specter of for for the players' perspective of a uh, a salary cap, you know, always you know trying to fight that off. But what happens? Here's the conspiracy theorist in me. Mm-hmm. What happens to the integrity of the game if all of your revenue is based on what the TV contracts can give you? Sure. Uh, at the end of the year. Boy, is Major League Baseball going to want to see the small market Indians in the World Series? What happens to the integrity of the game? They want a Dodgers versus Yankees World Series sure. at some point, and they're going to get it somehow. And whether that means uh, a replay goes the wrong way or, or something. Uh, I, I mean, there, there's always that,
1: but at least we I'd rather be on the field where we could talk about a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm very serious right. because this – you know, the the, the the waves of this are, it's not just millionaires and billionaires. There are a whole lot of people, you know, on the edge of sports media. And if they actually even play 50 games at home, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe in September they were able to have 15,000 or 10,000 people in the stadium, at least the restaurants downtown. I mean, there's a lot of quote-unquote little people mm-hmm. who get, if not their full living off of this, partial living. and they are always kind of kicked to the side in that in most, most negotiations. But, and I just think, you know, no game Joe engages our older people like in, in, in nursing homes or just retired at home, Mm -hmm. like baseball, they have that thing on, even if they're only watching four or five innings before they go to bed or whatever. Uh, there is something about the everyday part of baseball. I, I, you know, I, I am starting to watch the Korean baseball league for three or four innings. early in the morning. You know. I tend to get up early anyway. By the way, Doosan Bears have a terrible bullpen in case anybody <laughs> asks. But watch out for the dinos. Their lineup is loaded. Oh, oh, the point oh. being, though, you know what it is? I'm not watching the whole game, mm-hmm. but I've seen about parts of three or four of them. I find there's a little comfort in it. I'm going, oh, you know, wonder if they're going to bunt there. It's really weird. You hit a guy with a pitch, and then you take your hat off and bow. Right. Um, And that's the stuff that we need to have that going on in baseball. It's really strange. You're playing in the stadium with nobody there, but, you know, you could hear the guy yelling from second base. You got to get back talking about that stuff instead of the things we just spent time on, which turns everyone off. Mm -hmm. And um, my heart breaks because I just know a lot of people who would put on their Indian's hat and maybe they sit in their recliner and they're just ready to go.
0: Right. I we had uh Tom Hamilton and uh Jim Rosenhouse have both been guests on the podcast mm-hmm. in the last week or so. And you know, I, I just I repeated the same thing to both of them. I said, You guys are like the the cozy warm blanket. You're the mm-hmm. you're the big hug that uh that Northeast Ohio needs to hear their voices on the radio calling a game would be just tremendous for for so many people, I I think. Uh and and hopefully we get there. Let's uh Let's jump ahead. Let's live in the fantasy world and jump ahead to July 4th weekend. And okay. we're, we're all set. We're ready to go. We're, we're lined up for a first pitch. Shane Bieber is on the mound. And, and we've got the first no fans in the stands game mm-hmm. at Progressive Field. What, uh, what do you anticipate being the weirdest sort of, you know, thing to come out of that uh, other than hearing, uh, you know, Tom Hamilton's voice basically booming throughout the entire stadium yeah, that's true. Uh, without any. And it's caught on the warning track. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a couple of things. Um, the last, I went to spring training right as they were shutting it down. The last thing I saw, because they had um, an off day before everything hit, I went down to the minor league camp and I watched like the Indians two a ball teams play. And it was kind of like what you would see, with baseball without fans only was in a smaller area, but there's a couple of guys with radar guns a couple of scouts sitting over there. There was maybe 15 of us watching it. And, um, you could say they, they feed off the fans, but the, I mean, granted there was spring training and they're planning for jobs, but you are playing for money. And these guys know that, you know, their contracts are going to be up. There's, there should be reason. And the other thing, if you came through, playing baseball in high school or even unless you played at the biggest college programs, you know, you're kind of used to playing by yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. So, it, and in Lower be,
1: minors, you know, 1,100 people, in Mahoning Valley or whatever it is, you know.
0: I, I don't think that'll be as weird. It'll be weird because you're, you're in three-deck stadiums. Yes. And it'll feel, you know, like a like a mausoleum basically, you know, mm-hmm. haunting. But, you know, I was down – at uh, the 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 state the, the Ohio high school football state championships when they had them in Columbus, yes. for, for several years, and they they talked about how oh the the atmosphere will be so terrible It'll, you, you, the the players will notice and this and that, and in a hundred thousand seat stadium with only you know ten thousand fans or, or however many they got, mm-hmm. those games were some of the best games I ever yeah. saw, you know Joe Burrow and, and Athens that was wow. the, whole, the whole town was there it was it was great. Uh, I, just, I don't think I it's going to be that guys,
1: way. I mean, th- these guys are competitive. They do know each other. You know, that's mm-hmm. one of the things too. And they're like anybody who competes against that. They got some guys that like more than others and, um, they are keeping score. You know, these, right. remember, these are guys that like, they will make a bet. Some of them, the next person through the door is a man or a woman. How do you feel about me? So they're really competitive. That was like what you saw on, on uh, the, the last dance, how they were always playing cards or whatever. Right. So these are very competitive people. They're looking for outlets. That's part of the reason some of them end up going to casinos or playing golf for big money. Right. So they're looking for an outlet. And so this, was, I just don't think you'll get a bunch of guys just going through the motions. I really don't.
0: Well, the the protocols that they released said something. It had an it had a, a, a proviso about no bench clearing brawls. As if bench clearing brawls were allowed before. You know, <laughs> there are no bench. There will be no bench clearing brawls now. Uh, but, you know, that brings in the whole Astros aspect or when, you know, somebody pitches inside to Miguel Cabrera and you can actually hear what Cabrera's response is going to be yes. out loud. I think that'll be interesting. I think yeah. it'll, be, it'll be fun to uh, a guy like Frankie Lindor who just plays with so much joy and passion that you, you can tell if, if he's saying something or he's talking, he's always talking to his, his teammates, yeah. and his, his opponents, no matter what. So, I think there's opportunities there to make, like you said,
1: that TV baseball show. TV, show really TV show be and really good. I mean, some of the things there in spring training they were doing, they were trying some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, it's imperative they get back, not just to baseball, but some of the joy of baseball, so that um, you have something to market for next year because. It's going to be hard enough for not just Cleveland, but a lot of the mid-market teams to sell tickets as it is. But if you don't play, mm-hmm. and the players have to know, if we don't play, that a lot of teams, whether they have the money or not, are simply going to say, well, we didn't play. We don't have the money. We're not signing anybody.
0: Well, and that brings up uh, a point we wanted to talk about, the, the minor leagues. And mm-hmm. basically, we we've, we've heard we haven't heard much about any minor league baseball throughout this whole process. Uh, it doesn't look like there's going to be any sort of a minor league season. More than maybe if they're they stay behind and and have like a an extended spring training with with some of the minor leaguers. Maybe you get your your top minor leaguers to stay in Arizona and and get some work in for a Nolan Jones or a, you know maybe Tristan McKenzie gets to throw out there. Who knows? But uh, you know with with that, this idea of maybe like a taxi squad for the majors, but. Your, your low minors guys have to have to find some time and some place to develop, right?
1: And also every year there's usually one or two guys that come up from the minors um, that you just didn't anticipate. I mean, a year ago, uh, Pleasak, who was talking about him in spring training? Because I, I remember I was there. And Aaron Savali. Now, they were saying – everybody kept saying Bieber was good. This is in 2019 in spring training. You never heard the name Savali. You never heard the name Pleasak. But, see, the season starts – they're playing the minors, they're doing well, here they come. You're losing that. And I I basically if I were kind of on on that end, I would try to set up um, an Arizona summer league going, mm-hmm. you know, where we can get make maybe three teams, A, AA, AAA, or AAA, double AA, and A. And we'll just – you know, the Reds are right over there and all that kind of stuff. Just get them playing. I know it's 105 degrees or whatever. So, right. you know, everybody pitches three innings. I don't know. Make the, A-ball, make the A-ball
0: guys play the early games.
1: The yeah, A-ball whatever. Guys, you know. Yeah, they can play at 9 in the morning. It doesn't matter. I mean, nobody's watching it anyway. But this way at least they get to play some baseball. Because, you, you know, a big part of baseball's development. It's not just like the NBA where you have your key guys. You just got to get them in the gym and get them in shape.
0: Right. Well, you know, if there's no minor league season – in in, in the, the sense that we know a minor league season to be right. for in places like Mahoning Valley and uh, Lake County uh, and, and Akron, you know, how the Mahoning Valley in particular was one of the, the teams that was rumored to, to be contracted there. Uh, yeah, uh, You know, are we ever going to see minor league baseball come back in some of these locations? And, and what Indians no. the, the Indians who rely on their minor league systems so heavily to develop their talent? Uh, it this is, this is a, a, a big red flag for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mahoney Valley would probably be dead. Um, yeah. And I know I was talking to one owner of a minor league team. Uh, and, you know, he's like, "We, ha-, I mean, what, the Big Lee said they have no money coming in. They absolutely have yeah, no right. money coming in. And they're trying to figure out what do you do with uh, your season ticket holders? What do you do with the money you took in for signage? You know, all that stuff. Frankie, what do you do with some promos- promotions you already bought in advance? I mean, they have no money. There's, and you know, th- there's no TV thing to rely on. There's nothing. Um, that's what I said. This is just, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, it's kind of like when you throw a big cement block into the water, you see the big splash, but you miss all the, the, the waves that go out, and out, and out, and out. Right. So I just, that's why they got to at least do something um, to, to save the game. And people, I mean, baseball is probably my favorite sport, Joe. And this is killing me. Uh, you know, I mean, there I'm watching. Like I said, I've been watching, checking out the Korean K-
0: KBO. Right. I'm. I'm dying. I'm hanging on every email that I'm getting from my kids' uh, uh, travel ball coach because as soon as they can start yes. that up, I, I'm, I'm there with a cooler and a lawn chair, man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That, that's going to be my, you know, every night watching STO instead of. I'll be at my 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 kids' games for as many as I can get to before before hopefully before games start, and I have to go to the ballpark. But
1: I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a top one of the top lawyers in Akron, Gary Rose, and long time go all the way back to the Rubber Ducks and end of the, the arrows, and you know the original season ticket holders. He and his wife, and uh, you know, it's killing them. right? Because he says there's no one on TV. There's no there's no Rubber Ducks. There's just nothing. Well, and
0: and then you get into there was no high school season, there's no college yeah. season, so you know, what what are your drafts going to look like and the the Yankees are going to have an unlimited ability to sign as many uh undrafted guys at $20,000 as uh yeah. as anybody that else. That will be that will
1: that's a whole other interesting thing of how many of those guys will actually sign or will they yeah, will just go back to school or what. Right. You will get your, I'll tell you one thing, you'll guys that are uh well, I guess if you're a senior at UCLA and you don't play, you're allowed to come back and play your senior year next year. Right, right. But say you're a senior at uh, Bowling Green or somewhere else. Is Bowling Green going to have a program? Right. The program is gone. Or even though the program comes back at many of these schools, the budget is slashed. So mm-hmm. that half scholarship you had, uh, well, Joe, it's uh, we can give you some books. I mean, really – that's what you get. So that, like I said, those are all the ripples that go out, but it's critical too, that they sit down and figure out how to develop prospects during this time, even if they scrimmage all the time or whatever it is, because that otherwise teams like the Indians and the pirates and the Reds and, you know, all those, the Royals or whoever they are, Tampa Bay, which lives off their, their farm system. Oakland lives off the farm system, like Cleveland. uh, It just, you talk about a competitive disadvantage. Huge, huge, and like you said, it, it's not
0: like they have the money to go out and sign big-time free agents when they've got a team that's close. You know that it, yeah. it has to start from those the, from the draft and from uh, the minor leagues for for teams like these. And like the, the fun,
1: team. I think, for you and me, Joe, is that often here comes Aaron Savali, and you're going through your media you guy, go, who the heck is this?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, and here comes you know, Whatever, you know, Roberto Perez, the pick number 1,112 or whatever he was, and it wasn't the thousands, you know, here he comes, or these other people. I love that stuff.
0: Well, and Tyler Freeman, who's the number two rated uh, prospect in the organization, just turned 21 today. Mm -hmm. Are we going to see Tyler Freeman play a competitive game this year? Is he going to lose all that development? You're talking about a kid who since 2018 – has been number one or number two in the in the, the farm system in just about every offensive category. He's, and he's people an exciting thought, player. And, and you
1: know this, and you write it more about the farm system, pay attention about the farm system, probably anybody here at cleveland.com, um, Nolan Jones, that was a mm-hmm. guy that really wanted to accelerate. They were going to open him in Akron, because I remember having this discussion right before everything shut down, figured he could have a good six, eight weeks. Then you move him to triple A. Mm-hmm. If he has a good three or four weeks, and they need a third baseman or something, or they need just another bat, he might come up in August.
0: Right. You know? Well, you uh, but a, now you need a left-handed know. bat in that order too. You've got yeah. a, you've got a right-handed dominant. Yeah, you could DH him. You,
1: know, DHM, you yeah. could, I mean, there are there are all kinds of things you could do with them. So, um, but really now it'd be hard to to just you know throw the kid in there. I, there's a lot there, but it's like we need to get back to having these discussions, Joe. For, just for the good of the game, like you and I just had right now.
0: Right. Well, there's a lot of a lot of layers to this cake, and and hopefully, uh, you know, everybody will get their their piece and be satisfied, and, and and we can move forward and and get around the giant brick wall and, and get to that that July date where where we finally get baseball playing again. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to when that time comes. Uh, being able to cover games with you and alongside you, Terry. Uh, thanks so much uh, for for taking some time out uh, today to. To jump on the podcast here we we do them uh every day during the week at least for the foreseeable future so uh we will have you back and i can't wait to get get in the ring with you and hoinsey and throw out a topic and just have the two of you go at it it's going to be great uh looking forward uh, well, really this looking is fun
1: to yeah we want to talk real baseball not economics
0: exactly all right terry uh for the cleveland baseball talk podcast joe noga saying uh we'll see you next time